As I'm sure you know, this podcast and all the podcasts at DuckFeed.tv are brought to you by three things. One, our indefatigable will. Two, the very own bonfireside cat. Where's the cat? Where's the cat? And three, our patrons at patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. If you would like to join us there, that would be amazing. If you are already there, my sincerest thanks. So in short, um, one, have a will that is truly indefatigable. Two, uh, either appreciate or become my cat. And if you're going to become him, uh, get out of my apartment, you freaky Friday son of a bitch. And three, uh, join us at patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. Blam! 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 Take that, evil Vorticon! I'm Commander Keen! Pew, 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 pew. Billy! 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 Cut it out! Please, stop. Just chill. <laughs> now, what did I tell you about playing with old man Redmondston? <gasps> Dad! He's the Oracle! He knows all! He doesn't even know where he is, and he's supposed to be at church! Mr. Redmondston, the nurses are waiting outside with your pills and suppositories. <laughs> now don't get them mixed up again. Now, Billy, what are we going to do with you? The doctors want to load you up with pills, but you know I'm more about attaboys than Adderalls. I know. That's why, son, I got you this brand new video game system. Cool, Keen! Yeah, that's right. Let's just, let's just ride this one out indoors for a couple of years. Welcome to the Apogee Audio Catalog, your source for the finest shareware. We're excited to announce new titles in the Breakout Commander Keen series. To order, dial 419-834-9633. Titles include Commander Keenan, Shoot, Shoot, Shoot. Commander Keenan, Duty Calls. Commander Keenan, The Ancient Defense Legend League. Commander Keenan, Awkward Prom Night Handy. Commander Keenan, Goodbye Galaxy, Hello Business Administration. Commander Keenan, is this all there is? My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. Yes, in this episode, we are talking about Commander Keen Goodbye Galaxy, which is a mini series of platform, uh, platform games uh, developed by id Software and published by Apogee for the PC in 1991. Yeah, there, there's kind of like two 
odd outlier versions of platformers. <laughs> There's like Euro platformers and PC platformers, and we haven't really dealt with either of them. Right. Well, we've, so, we've uh, dealt with plenty of Euro platformers, just not on this show. Yeah, just on Abject <laughs> Suffering. We just like, <laughs> fucking rare. Um, <laughs> the, uh, it's impossible to control things in an isometric view. No one's ever done it. Um, <laughs> this is Baldur's Gate. The, uh, so yeah, this is, this is us hitting up uh, a something that was really, you know, kind of huge. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids, you know, parents uh, had international business machines rather than Nintendos, and mm-hmm. they also wanted to be able to play games. Yeah. Um, and, and these platformers are really similar. So this is, plays a lot like a regular platformer, um, which is a couple of different features. Like, there's not a lot to it. Um, you have a pogo stick, so you can jump a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. And then you have a ray gun, so you can shoot. So the pogo stick is like a toggle, right? You pull it out and you you do a continuous jump, but they uh, kind of use that to do these weird trick jumps and hide stuff in really kind of far away parts of the level, right? Yes. So there's a there, there 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 are two ways to look at any given level and kind of keeping an eye open for those trick jump opportunities. Uh, the thing is though, when you're on the pogo stick, you're actually really hard to control. Like the momentum is is messed with. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's real goofy. And then your uh, ray gun, which can only stun enemies, has limited ammo. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can shoot downwards and upwards from the ground downwards if you jump. Right. Um, in order to uh, – and they use that to kind of solve some some puzzles and environmental things in the second game we're covering. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the first game we're covering, it's kind of a limited use. Right. Um, that, uh, that pogo stick, you know, uh, lack of control and everything kind of butts up against a design decision in that you uh, – you, this is a one-hit kill. Right. Situation. This is a Contra um, <laughs> situation. There are a lot of things this has in common with Contra. Yeah. Um, when you journey to the center of like the alien hive vagina, <laughs> like at the end, it's it's yeah. super weird. Yeah. And Commander Keen 6 when all the walls are meat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, uh, Earthbound, how the, the ending was inspired by the guy walking into a porno. <laughs> Yeah, ex- exactly. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that difficulty kind of leads to, I was uh, kind of save scumming this a little bit. Like, there's yeah. no quick save, but I was just d- jumping in and out of the menu a lot. Yeah, which is which is a pain. And you could argue that you can opt out. Of, like, you don't have to do that. But it just got very frustrating um, because of how the levels are designed. And we'll we'll talk about that a little bit, but just kind of this way that the the levels are designed with a real strict A B C D order mm-hmm. in which you do things, and if you get to C and you have a difficult jump before you before D, um, you know you'd have to do A through C over again mm-hmm. if you fuck it up, and that's frustrating. Like yeah. this game has a lot of weird like half step design things. Yeah, I think like they're like halfway there. Mm-hmm. You know, like it it is like um, without spoiling too much about kind of final thoughts. Like I think this is a good game. Um, but has not necessarily stood up super well, right? And and we'll we'll talk about at length, yeah, why it, that is. It is a product of its time that reads like a product of its time, um, yes, and isn't as kind of universally playable nowadays as a Mario game from the same era would have been. Right. It's not even like comparing it to Mario games of now. Right. It's like comparing it to literally Super Mario Brothers. Exactly. Um, um, you know. Yeah, go ahead. That wrinkle that you were alluding to with the you know the ABC progression uh, kind of has to do with this because uh, they kind of discovered the lock and key mechanism that they would use that it would go on to use in Wolfenstein and Doom and things like that. Um, so you are picking up the red key to use on the red door, and that which, is which always leads to the yellow key mm-hmm. that leads to the yellow door that leads to the blue key. Like, it's very rare that you can do these in any order. Like, it happens right. kind of, you know, every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, the levels are aligned. Like, they they look very sprawling, mm-hmm. and there's tons of hidden stuff in them. But really, there's a prescribed way to do it. Right. So yeah. this was it kind of getting that 
flow under their feet a little bit. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, they kind of led with the technology, I think a little bit outside of the, you know, the, the, the character and the, and the trappings around it, which are delightful, right? Like yeah. you collect candy as your pickups, even though this is strange alien candy. And I can't assume that there's a lot of biocompatibility with the there, enzymes There's tons of such. eggs in it, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like you, you think that you're taking a pill, but you're really swallowing a seed. Like yes. that is what happens in in Commander Keen. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> that's on the back of the box. Commander Keen the, by, by by number five. It's just a writhing a, a writhing flesh sack of spiders. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just David Cronenberg's Commander Keen. <laughs> the um, there's a scab idea too. The uh, so uh, yeah, and and the uh, like two th- two things about that. One, the the kind of lock and key system. Um, it's interesting because this was ahead of its time. But that is again that that's something that they didn't fully utilize and do well until Doom, mm-hmm. and then that has been 100% abandoned as well. And if you spend any time kind of going back to uh, 2.5D shooters, which is a, a genre I have a lot of affection for, like mm-hmm. I played a lot of them and liked them a lot. Um, that's always where they fall down is the later levels where that line of Pac-Man pellets ahead of you gets so long. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're collecting so many keys, the space between is just really arduous and the focus just kind of becomes on these collectibles in mazes as opposed to uh, the encounters. You know, like if you play Doom um, and you can, you can kind of play Commander Keen this way, too, but like you play Doom and it's like it's not about getting the key. It's about, oh, in this room there's a key, but there's also tons of barrels and I can't see all the, the Marines or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, it kind of has a little bit of that, but they're not quite there. Right. And that the key thing has been is totally an evolutionary dead end. Yeah. You know, like that's not really a thing that is valued in games anymore and isn't great here yeah. necessarily. Like it is a way to present a, a kind of nonlinearity without being nonlinear at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the candy thing, uh, when I was talking about kind of uh, game design things that are, they're halfway there. This game does hidden shit really well. Yep. It's just the stuff that you're getting, your reward for it is not developed enough. Mm-hmm. You know, like it is uh you're sending, you know, you're going for points, which is an arcade throwback and, and not that fun these days. Um, but the, you know, as opposed to like a Mario game where the hidden or, or even a Sonic game, like where the reward for exploration is more game, which we've mm-hmm. talked about a lot. The reward for exploration here is just a dingy noise and some points. Yeah. So this came out the same year that Super Mario World did. And yeah. that is the masterclass in hiding content behind stuff you really need to pay attention to with yeah. alternate exits and things like that. You know, there, there, there are superficial comparisons you could make between those two. Like this probably, from a technical standpoint, looks a little bit better than uh, than Super Mario World does, at least in terms of detail on Sprite and the number of colors. Um, but uh, but in terms of what it's asking you to do and the level of complexity there, uh, it is it is still kind of a product of like five years ago, five years before the yeah. time. I don't, I don't even know if it looks looks better. I think it just looks very, very different Yeah. Um, in a way. And then there are other ways in which it's it's more primitive, too. Like, I mean, we're not going to spend the whole time comparing this to Super Mario World. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, like, it doesn't compare favorably. And I think that it's easy to forget that this came out that late. Mm-hmm. You know? And it should be noted, too, that where the games we're talking about specifically came out that late, I want to say the first Commander Keens came out significantly before that is that that's correct yeah do you have me, the dates in front of you let me look that up it, it, like commander keen it was like a a, a very br- it burned bright and it burned half as long and yes. that motorcycle is very loud outside my door i'm yeah. sorry <laughs> it's okay uh, i've got a dog upstairs so yeah um but uh you know this really was it like it ran from uh from let's see here uh 1990 through to like 1992 okay yeah yeah so over um, a span of about three years yeah, so so all of this is kind of a way of saying that we're grading on a curve, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak. But I don't think you can go to this expecting like 
masterclass platforming. Yeah. I apologize for the dogs upstairs barking at my landlord. <laughs> um, yeah. So the uh, this is the 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 brainchild of Tom Hall, um, who is one of the the id guys and worked on Doom. And I think he got squeezed out. Yeah. Um, at some point, um, as part of the story, I don't know. Well, if it, someday we'll do a Doom episode, <laughs> um, and and uh, we'll we'll talk about that more. And I want to say that the the interesting thing about this was that this was developed. Um, they had come to Nintendo with a version of Super Mario Brothers three mm-hmm. that they'd created, um, wanting to do a PC port, and Nintendo rejected them. Um, you know, because they didn't want to put their their uh, uh, properties on PC, yeah. um, even though they did a lot in Japan, which is weird. Yeah. Um, but the uh, uh, so they went and made their own game out of it. But right. they recreated the first level of Mario three they, they, on PC to show that you could do it. Yeah, that was the prototype, which is pretty big. Like the the, the smooth scrolling thing, you know, a, a huge reason that a lot of PC games are uh, you know single screen platformers was because it was kind of considered impossible to do without some kind of special hardware, like you know, like, yeah. you, like you had on. Uh, uh, consoles at the time um, and so that's kind of the big step forward and that's something that id would always would always do right john carmack yeah. is not a game guy he's a tech guy yeah and, and he's he's really good at that if you if read interviews with him now mm-hmm. he he sounds so boring because he has <laughs> he has no interest in games anymore and he's just like people will interview him because he's this legend in the industry and he literally just talks about space you know, and yeah virtual space, like things, and stuff. virtually exactly like things that are well beyond any you know my understanding. Yeah, I was gonna say anybody, but I shouldn't project. But yeah, he's 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 not the it's it's not the entertainment industry like, exactly like, like video games are, and he was never he he never you know was tied to being an entertainer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Everything everything that he's been involved with has always pushed forward. You push the industry forward, and in that sense, he has been removed from where everything is at. He's a fascinating guy. Like I don't mean to yeah. be dismissive. Probably one of the smartest people alive. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's he's a smart dude. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, so we, we were talking about all that. The actual the metaphor laid over the gameplay here is super cute, though. Oh yeah, um, like the whole idea of Commander Keen is <laughs> is really adorable. Yeah, like and you know this caught me at just the right age, like somewhere around you know seven to ten is uh, what what was my Commander Keen age, where it's like yeah, I'll wear a football helmet, not to you know play football god forbid but yeah. i want to be like commander keen because <laughs> yeah. it looks like a space helmet and he's wearing and I, a, a green bay packers helmet because tom hall's from wisconsin yeah maybe i'll get shot in the head and it'll project me <laughs> yeah. it's like I, I, on one of our shows i was talking about how i used to make utility belts mm-hmm. when i was little that was kind of like my little like you know i was in a similar mindset mm-hmm. like i'm gonna take a common household objects and go have adventures yeah with them um a lot of people played this game so this is very popular and part of the reason is because this was one of uh, apogee's kind of shareware distribution model yeah. titles which is such a cool thing that i miss me too um because it's such a value like a demo now like is you know typically not that impressive but like you could straight up just play the first doom game mm-hmm. essentially the first like missions from doom which is really significant yeah for free and they just kind of said like hey if you like this like hook us up you know and it worked for a long time like it's this thing that will make no sense to our kids (laughs) right like like, as a thing like when you when you fire up the menus in this you can actually see you know call 555 so-and-so so-and-so and and talk to talk to jerry about ordering your you know send a send a self-addressed envelope with a check in it it's 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 very uh it's it's very kind of ramshackle to, to, to today's mind but like just the idea that your computer would just come with these games like i was fascinated with this because I, you know, at that age, I thought that, the, you know, I have my Nintendo, but the computer was just for my mom to do like spreadsheets on until yeah. my, my brother, Chris, from those damn Ross kids was like, hey, check out this icon. Holy shit. There's a whole game with music in it. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, terrible music, but but music nonetheless. They're oh, not terrible, but I like, like the music. I, th- I think it's pretty repetitive. Yeah. Like, I, I get pretty sick of it. It is kind of cute, but like, I mean, and part of like what's most fresh in my mind is episode five. Oh, yeah. So, and that music is worse. Yeah. There's one level that has like literally like an eight note loop that just happens <laughs> the entire thing. Yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah. So, so the shareware thing, like, it just, it's so hard to think of a company giving away so much, mm-hmm. you know, like, and supposed to, like, if that happened today, it would be like the first level and then every additional level was 99 cents through in app purchases. Mm-hmm. You know, it is just it is super cool and super trusting. Um, I talked before about Moraf on the show before, who's a weirdo who made all of his own, like he had made like Moraf's World and Moraf's Dungeon and all these things. And he's just a he's just a weirdo guy who made games in his basement and mm-hmm. sold them through shareware and like they did really well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's there's something to be said for that kind of generosity, you know. Yeah, and it's absolutely. mercenary. Like it benefited; these were big companies, but um, you know, it it got their games out there and generated a lot of goodwill. Yeah. Yeah, which I you know I still feel today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, something else that's pretty cool about this is that uh, all of the games share this standard Galactic, galactic alphabet. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the signs and stuff, like Tom Hall, you know, he had exit signs put up just you know as a way to signpost things, but he wanted it to look a little bit alien, so he was like, okay, I'm just going to replace the letters with something that looks kind of like it, and that rapidly turned into uh, kind of a standard a, a standard substitution cipher that spans the entire the entire series. So you can kind of see these little jokes like above a ray gun, it'll say, "This is cool." You know, yeah. stuff, stuff, yeah. stuff like that. 50 style jokes. <laughs> well, you yeah. know. Like, I, like, I like the idea of somebody calling a race. Tom Hall's But, like, it's, it's not so much that I think it's funny Tom Hall would say that, but that, that an alien would uh, take the time to go to a sign printer to say, this is cool to keep yeah. above his ray gun collection. Yeah. A series of single shot ray guns. Yep. That he has. <laughs> the, uh one of the things that blew my mind when I was young uh, playing this is that uh, Commander Keen, being a little fun, little adventuresome kid who likes games, mm-hmm. um, he has this like fancy wristwatch where you save and load the game and stuff, but you can actually play Pong through it. Oh, yeah. And this was the first time I saw a game within a game like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm not going to say it's the first time it's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is the first time I've I've seen it, yeah. And I was really impressed. And long after I beat what was available of Commander Keen, uh, I played this Pong game. Like I yeah. would load it up to play a Pong. Yes, yeah, because it's a decent pong. Yeah, you control the mouse. I mean, yeah, it just goes on forever, but like pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So this is you know we're we're specifically talking about episodes number four and five, uh, the 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 secret of the oracle and uh, the Armageddon machine. But this was preceded by a first kind of complete trilogy called uh, the Invasion of the Vorticons. Mm-hmm. And that was a little bit more primitive uh, than this one uh, was in terms of the graphics and the size of the sprites and, you know, just uh, what, what it was showing you. It was a little bit more, you know, explosion at the asset factory. Yeah, um, a little bit more like Duke Nukem 1 and 2. Right. Um, yeah. And this was kind of followed up with uh, some messy stuff that happened until the until the actual series just went away as uh, as it moved on to Wolfenstein 3D and uh, and Doom. You know, kind of greener, green, you know, greener pastures. Like if you look at the notes in the uh, in, in episode five, like the you know about the game, they say, okay, this is going to conclude with the universe's toast in 1992, but that day never really came. Yeah, and it, and it couldn't. 
Like this would be so impossibly quaint and ridiculous in the face of doom. Mm -hmm. Like audiences would not have have dealt with it, I feel like. Uh, And weirdly enough, like the one, the next game that was going to come out uh, featured, I can only assume Keen uh, dethroning Santa. Because at the end of the game, it shows like, you know, stay tuned, 1992 for Aliens (laughs) Ate My Babysitter. And then like the, or not Aliens Ate My Babysitter. What's the, the, it's not called The Universe's Toast. The one that comes right after this has a name. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's Aliens Ate My Babysitter. It's you and uh, it's, it's Keen fighting against Mortimer. Oh, okay, gotcha. But he's wearing a Santa hat. Yeah. So I, I can only assume that he has, has taken how, how Santa's biz- heart. Th- th- think about this. How bizarre would it be if it was, you know, kind of cognizant of how alienating Doom was going to be to, like, families, uh, you know, to the to the people who were Commander Keen age and appreciating that, if they had kind of forked the Doom, you know, the, the Doom engine and said, okay, over here is... You know, Commander Keen, like Commander Keen 3D, like yeah, like like Chex Quest before Chex Quest kind of happened, and like everything is, you know, you're doing the stunning, like you know, whatever. It's all cute the same way, but that was how they continued the franchise as like a as a kid friendly first person shooter that like I would have been allowed to play. The uh, the weird thing about that, um, or the the kind of interesting thing about that is like that wasn't these dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, like Doom is is really like someday we have to do an episode on Doom. Yeah. Um, the uh, so uh, a YouTube critic I like a lot. This uh, guy named Aaron Signal has a video on Doom, and like his kind of central thrust through the video is that like the reason one of the reasons why Doom feels so good and is so important is because it is a uh, a singular expression of like this is five dudes staying up late listening to Pantera, yeah. and and playing D and D in their off hours. Like those dudes were just like metalhead, you know, like metalheads from high school mm-hmm. you know with bitching camaros and stuff painted on the side of their van and shit like that's who they were mm-hmm. commander keen feels like more of the the offshoot and i think it's tom hall yeah like i feel like the carmack brothers um in and the romero uh, and romero yeah john romero uh, and yeah. yeah like those guys American like the most McGee, of the yeah. yeah most of the team were just like yeah fuck yeah you know <laughs> say like heads on pikes mm-hmm. and tom hall is just like gee fascinating you know (laughs) why why are you making him sound like vince gilligan (laughs) he's he's hill hauser oh yeah yeah uh yeah yeah, i know because because he made commander keen and he he was you know it seemed like he was not quite as on board with the the dnd metalhead mountain dew you know expression that is doom Mm -hmm. um so like that would have been neat but it would have been very shrewd but i think that their interest had just moved on too yeah you know, like the, I could see a lot of the team being into this because it's kind of funny and charming, but being over it as well. Yeah. Like, I don't mean to make a sixth game about like fucking collecting <laughs> candy canes and, you know, jumping on shit yeah, or jumping over shit, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So. Hmm. So yeah. the, the the most recent Commander Keen game came out in 2001. Weirdly enough. Yeah. It's a one off <laughs> for the Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. And it's OK. Like I fired it up. It plays like a Commander, a Commander Keen game. Yeah. And I think this game actually would have been a really good fit for portable games if mm-hmm. it that had worked out. Like a Game Boy, original Game Boy, Commander Keen game yeah. would have been pretty good, mm-hmm. I think. Um, because you you don't have – your sprite is so big, you don't have that much uh, screen real estate anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, the Game Boy doesn't scroll as well. Like it gets a little blurry when it's yeah, scrolling between screens. Yeah, refresh happens. Yeah. But the action is slow enough mm-hmm. that I think it would work pretty well on a Game Boy. Yeah. Um, and work on the go. Another weird piece of trivia: there was an NES version of this announced, but it never came out. Yeah, and I would have to wonder, like, how different the tech was if that was going to, you know, make it make an appreciable difference. Yeah, yeah, and that could have been huge. Like that would have introduced, you know, in a weird way, it would have been like Sonic coming out for the NES. Like mm-hmm. not in the competition sense, but just in a like this is a, a, the mascot platformer from a, another major platform. Yeah, like just having an NES game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a fan engine out there called Keen Genius. 
that's out there where you can kind of create your own levels. Yeah. Uh, and there are fan levels that you can play on modern systems. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't fucked around with any of that. The fan I'm not ones keen... are really hard. I, I that's what that's what anyone does. If you <laughs> if you put out a level editor for a platformer, that's the only thing people can think of. It'll be Mario One One and then impossible shit. Yeah, it's like, can I recreate Mario One One? Then I can create Kaizo Mario, and like that's it. <laughs> yep. And it's it's so frustrating to me. Like I've I've wanted to play. Uh, there's like a what is it? Super Mario X. I want to say the name of it is actually yeah. just like new Mario levels, and is not bad. Yeah. Uh, or new uh, Super Mario World levels. Um, but most of the time, it's just like how difficult and can we make this? Yeah. And that's that's kind of always you know kind of lacks imagination to me. I think. Yeah. I wonder if there's somebody who like curates that. You know, like I wonder, I wonder if there is like a collection that says, okay, we understand that ROM hacks are mostly bullshit, but here are the ones that are actually fun to play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they get voted and stuff, but it's such an insular community that I think they just kind of upvote each other for like technical prowess and because they like things being bullshit hard, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Yeah. yeah. This game has a huge legacy, um, at least in terms of what it does and, you know, people who have played the game and recognize things from it uh pops up as an easter egg uh in, in uh, other games especially the dope fish yeah uh, which is yeah. kind of the breakout star of this one yeah and he's just a dumb fish <laughs> um but there's like in uh, duke nukem 3d there's like a dope fish lives mm-hmm. uh piece of graffiti and, and stuff like that yeah so dope fish isn't going anywhere to <laughs> anywhere and 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 dope fish looks like like the like the the sign on the worst aquarium like if you saw that sign on the side of an aquarium, you wouldn't go into it because it's it's like the I've talked about pita pit uh, the pita pit uh-huh. before in here where like the the symbols are all vegetables with like expressions. <laughs> this is like a fish like that. If that place was a pescatarian restaurant, like it would just be a bunch of dope fish on the walls. I'm not gonna go into that aquarium. All those fish are dumb. Yeah, exactly. You're I don't, swimming I don't into rocks fish. and stuff, and you probably to... can't get those skeleton fish there. Oh yeah. Yeah, how do they even swim? I never figured that out. Is that the fake? skeleton fish? Is that fake? No, the, well, there are there are fish. I, do you know what I'm talking about? The fish with the invisible skin. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking. Yeah. About. Okay. Okay. I thought I, like, so. So I know what you're really talking about. In my version of the goof, I was talking about like a <laughs> like a Heathcliff <laughs> fish oh, skeleton. Oh gotcha, Yeah. Or like a like a like a dry a dry blooper, whatever they're called in Mario. Yeah, those yeah. only need to, to swim to my intestines and get digested. <laughs> if I'm, I'm gonna eat a fish skeleton like a motherfucker. Mm, yeah. The uh, but yeah, the, I've always wanted to get like an aquarium of those see-through skeleton fish. <laughs> um, I think there's like two fish you can get that are cool. You can get the skeleton fish, mm-hmm. or you can get those goldfish that definitely will control your mind. <laughs> like, do you know the ones I'm talking about with no. the big, huge brains? Oh yeah, I, I see those. Yeah. <laughs> like they, I mean, they don't have brains, but they look like psychics from like like they look like Star Trek. Or original series prosthetics uh-huh. and i'm just imagining them like boom 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 and yeah. then like you just like dumping fish food in with a blank-eyed expression <laughs> just constantly yeah they're, like they're 100 the the rats from torment like mm-hmm. if you get enough of those fish they will you know take over your life you know marry your wife <laughs> and 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 put you into the like the fucking plankton industry for life <laughs> the plankton <laughs> 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 over you yeah they, they rhymed on accident but, gotta, yeah. gotta gotta keep the plankton train coming chugga yeah. chugga woo woo yeah yeah hypno fish I'm, I'm i'm down with that yeah those uh mm-hmm. th- those always freak me out i don't like ugly fish <laughs> No, me either. Um, I, I, I am also not an ugly fish. I like a cute fish, but not a not too cute fish. Yeah, um, I got like a medium fish. So, so I kind I kind of gave a little bit of my story there with uh, with with Chris showing me this thing that I had no idea was on my uh, on my family's computer. Um, uh, but this was kind of the thing that told me that PC gaming was uh, was an actual thing you could do. Like I had no idea before that. 
This was definitely the first PC. I had played PC gaming before, but this was the first action PC game mm-hmm. I played. And like, obviously they existed. Yeah. But this was the first one. This was the first one that taught me that like the gulf between console and PC games is not necessarily that wide. Mm-hmm. And also I talk about the, my, my wealthy uh, uncle and aunt and cousin and stuff. A lot of times where I went over there and played computer and Genesis and stuff. And that was a real one, two punch where like, on one hand, I was playing Commander Keen on their computer, and then I would go to their Genesis and play Starflight. Yeah. And, you know, and it was just like, and Herzog's why. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh shit. Like, there, there doesn't need to be this dividing line mm-hmm. between these two platforms. Yeah. So, yeah. pretty neat. Did you play this when it was contemporaneous? Like, like. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. My, my early teens. Yeah. Like, I went right from this to being old enough to be, like, left alone at the library to play, mm. uh, to play like, Mist and Prince of Persia on the Max. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I ended up playing it when when Wolfenstein came out. That uh, that family, like my uncle and stuff, was real into it mm-hmm. and bought that. Um, so I went from that to, to Wolfenstein. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I think our computer came with Wolfenstein because I played a lot of that as well, and I felt really transgressive because of all the blood. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's very quaint now. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and but... the, oh, okay. Uh, the blood that is the most objectionable thing, not the Nazi imagery. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I had, I had no point of reference for that. Or the fact that you're constantly eating dog food. Yeah. <laughs> give me, give me. Give me. <laughs> um, and and that, that actually has a nice uh, nice tie to that because little do you know, or little do people know, that the uh, the guy in Wolfenstein is mm-hmm. actually the uh, great-great-grandfather yeah. of the main character of uh, Commander Keen. Yeah, Billy Blazkowicz was uh, was was uh, romanized to Billy Blaze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. he's the... So, Tell us about the plot of Billy Blaze. <laughs> yes. One Mr. Billy Blaze is a precocious 10-year-old child inventor who takes on the alter ego of Commander Keen uh, in order to perform heroic acts and save humanity. So he is fresh off the heels of rescuing us from the Martian Vorticons and whatnot. And one day he is working in his backyard laboratory and invents faster-than-light radio, which lets him pick up signals from the evil Shikati race uh, and overhear their plans to blow up the entire galaxy. Yeah, and in order to learn more about the Shikati and their evil plan, uh, Keen rushes to the planet Gnosticus mm-hmm. Four, um, in order and uses a freeze ray to subdue his parents, um, so they will allow it. <laughs> so they won't and, worry. <laughs> and uh, once he's there, he learns the the, the eight oracles have been sealed away. And it's up to him to rescue him, mm-hmm. um, and that's in the first game we're covering. I don't know if we mentioned that we're doing episodes four and five. Here. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of my favorite things about Commander Keen too, and this is just an aside because I don't know where else to put it, mm-hmm. is it's never really clear if any of this is happening. Right. <laughs> um, I love the idea of this just being him running around in his backyard, like jumping over sand castles and like, mm-hmm. I, I guess, kicking slugs. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, uh, and that that is the interpretation I favor. Mm-hmm. Like, like none of this happens. This is him in a therapy appointment, like <laughs> putting his fingers in his ears and saying, la, 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 while his, yeah. his therapist tries to talk to him about ADD. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hilarious because there actually is stuff in the text, like the fact that all these uh, societies are built around uh, uh, firemen's poles instead yeah. of like, you know, uh, stairs like like normal places would. Like you can look at this and kind of just pull the pull the fiction back and realize, oh, this is all playgrounds and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and then and then just the fact that he's constantly collecting candy as well. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, even though like that gets a little weirder in the second one, we just start collecting assets. <laughs> yeah. The second one we're covering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Secret of the Oracle. Yes. I uh, love me some Secret of the Oracle. Um, Secret of the Oracle is really good. I think this is the apex of the series. Yeah. Like this is as good as, as Commander Keen gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're, so you're, you're dumped out by the, uh, by the bean and bacon uh, spaceship or the bean, mm-hmm. like the bean with bacon super ship or whatever it is. And uh, you're, you are in kind of a top down uh, world map navigation. 
Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of going like you're you don't have a lot of direction other than to find these uh these oracles, but there's only one level initially available to you, which is the border village. Um, you hit these on the overland map and then uh, head into them. Um, it should be noted that even if you even if you're not safe scumming, mm-hmm. um, you do have limited lives. Right. In this game, which is a bummer. So like if uh. If you uh, there's kind of like different ways you can cheat to make this game more modern friendly mm-hmm. for yourself. Um, if you don't want to go as far as safe scumming, I think there's probably nothing wrong with like giving yourself 99 lives, yeah. because you don't start right where you die. Like you still have to start the level over, and that makes it feel a little bit more modern. Yeah, there's a debug mode. Like all of these are, you know, it's stuff that would pop up in tips and tricks. You know, yeah, like it's it's yeah. it's out there, and uh, I would recommend anybody who's going back to it. Uh, do that because this can be pretty frustrating because even in this uh, first level you realize stepping on even slug poop uh, which has really bad collision detection will uh, cause you to go doo, 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 burr, burr, burr. yeah and, yep. there, uh, there's all these little cute slugs just walking back and forth taking shits <laughs> and uh, you can stun them but you can't stun their shit yeah no. uh, so so if you slip and shit like that you might as well die <laughs> shit stunner yeah exactly you stab yourself <laughs> in the my, heart he's my favorite 80s wrestler the shit stunner <laughs> the shit stunner <laughs> hey hey um, I gotta take a duke. <laughs> Somebody break out the hose. We got to clean the ring. <laughs> Please not clean out my ring. It's full of shit because I'm a shit stunner. Yeah. A garden hose is called a Kentucky bidet. Yeah. <laughs> and his manager just comes up. This is clean gene. <laughs> he's, he's, he's all in white. He's, yeah. He's dressed like the Maytag man. Yeah. He's like, well, it's a living. <laughs> That shit's cold. <laughs> I'm the shit stunner. It's cold, just like me. <laughs> just like my fabulous holds. <laughs> my, fabulous. my amazing holds. <laughs> Brother. Oh, man. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of bummed out that the next Mountain Goats album is all about pro wrestling. I have faith that the music will be good, but he'll, uh, he'll do good with that. Yeah, like it'll just be it'll be about pro wrestlers being sad. Yes, which I'm like it'll down be like with. the sad lives of pro wrestlers. It'll just yeah. be like the movie The Wrestler. Yeah, but the album, which is a good album, a good a good movie. That's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Huh. But uh, yeah, yeah. This this is like a tutorial level. You even have uh, you know instant death spikes, which I imagine those are uh, just uh, he, he's like walking in and out of power plants. They got the spike strips. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's him stepping on rusty nails. Yep. Ever tell you how yeah. how afraid I was of lockjaw? Uh, we yeah, we yeah, talked about yes, this yes, many a time. Yes, I know. That's <laughs> like, a, that's a, that, that is a cross network joke. I'm sorry. Yeah, we, 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 for that. We can go over, go to the oh, just bringing it up as a cross network joke. Yes, no, no, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you introduced the basics here, and one of the things like this is straight up in the coin collecting school of like mm-hmm. platformers. Like there are assets up in the sky, you want them. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are actually coins, like they function as coins. If you get a hundred, you get you get an extra life, and a bunch of them are just points. Um, but you're kind of introduced to the pogo stick just based on reach. Mm-hmm. Like um, there's this bouncy fella. Uh, these boulder guys who are kind of running back and forth, they're smiling and they don't hurt you. Yeah. Um, and you can they, use they will them to push a... you off into spikes, though. Yeah, they, they yeah they will shove you around. They'll push you around, um, but you can use them to get a little extra height. Mm-hmm. But you can also use your pogo stick. Yeah, and you have to use both of them in combination to get to the highest candies, mm-hmm. which everyone knows is the sweetest. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So, the first cut is the deepest, the highest candy bar is the sweetest. sweetest. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is something I think that the game does generally well, even though it is, you know, kind of asset collecty, uh, you know, in a way that we are kind of put off uh, put off from in rare games um, is mm-hmm. uh, the fact that they do a pretty good job of using these design post jumps. Like yes. they, they are kind of showing you an optimal or ideal path through a level by the way these things are hanging out. 
Yeah. Yeah. And and I will go as far as say, like, I'm put off by these in rare games, lest anyone think I'm hypocritical. I'm a little put off by them in this game. Like, it is fun, but you really, I really have to start taking this in and of its time to play it. Yeah. And just be like, yeah, I'm going to just feel good about the noise that comes mm-hmm. when I when I get this and just kind of, like, turn off my brain yeah. for, for that stuff. Because, like, you know, asset collecting is never my favorite thing to do. Right. It's not here, but I, it gets more of a pass than, than say, like, Time Lord does. Right. Um, yeah, so there are kind of these, uh, you know, fireman poles everywhere. This mm-hmm. level's kind of laid out in an interesting way where, like, there are these little houses you go in. There are indoor and outdoor sections. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them leads underground to this gigantic slug god. Um, <laughs> I love this guy. Which, yeah, that's really good. It looks like the, there's a boss of uh, DuckTales. Oh, yeah. That's like, it looks like that, that like the, the slug boss for DuckTales. Um, but if you don't, you don't have to go down there if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you, there's kind of multiple paths through this in a way that there aren't in later levels because of key cards. Right. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's fun to see that. It's just another way around. It's less tricky platforming, although there are those, uh, I guess, uh, vats that uh, of, of slug feces that are in a rolling boil. That or acid. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's the same either, color either. as the slug feces. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I bet you it's just slug methane. Okay. It's like fucking Thunderdome. <laughs> Fuel! <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, something here that you don't really see in a lot of uh, in, a lot, uh, in, in other like console um, platformers is the kind of like vastly sloping floors. Yeah, they're really a kind of steep angle. Like every once in a while, you'll run into a hill in you know Mario Three. Yeah. Um, but this is uh, you know intense. Like this happens a lot. Yeah. In the game. Um, also, the gigantic sleepy trees in the background. I love are... the backgrounds of the, these first couple Secret of the Oracle levels. Yeah. Like that. that it just like signals this like weird imaginative world right off the bat mm-hmm. and i really dig that yeah um but yeah this this is really like green hills oweny like you just get through this mm-hmm. there's almost nothing to it yeah and you know it should be noted that like after this most of the levels we're going to talk about what make what makes them different from the others and talk about stuff that's introduced um you know to them and that means that when we get to commander keen five we're really not going to dwell on individual stages yeah and we're we're not we're not going to later in this episode we probably won't dwell on it too much mm-hmm. You know, just because this uh, this is always a thing for us with platformers, but this is such an elementary platformer in a lot of ways that there's even less to kind of talk about yeah. with it. Um, so next is the Perilous Pit. And at this point, you can actually do these macro levels in kind of any order. Right. Um, at this point, I think this is the first articulation point, mm-hmm. um, even though in the individual levels, they don't do they don't pay a lot of lip service to that idea. Right. Yeah. yeah, so the Perilous Pit, it's mostly an underground level. Um, the music here is great. This yeah. Is the dun, 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 dun. Yeah. 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 Yep. A little bit off key, a little bit farty. Um, all the stuff that I usually that I usually like from this kind of music. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I just uh, include off key farts. Off key farts. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> and this is uh, the first place where it's really important to, uh, to, to remember that Keen can mantle. Yeah, I always like this in a game. Yeah. <laughs> feels satisfying like, like it feels like you're sticking to stuff you're not just kind of bouncing off of it it recognizes that your character has arms yeah it, it's cool it's a nice little touch of verisimilitude and it is satisfying even though like i feel like you could also uh you know just make the platforms jumpable and have the same kind of effect like it just it really just kind of increases your jump range it just feels better and is visually interesting mm-hmm. you know like i like it too even if it doesn't necessarily like make that big of a difference mm-hmm. i just dig it like i just like how yeah. it looks what it does is like obfuscate certain paths through a level right yeah you think okay if, if i'm if i'm walking through this thinking that all platforming is kind of dependent on where my feet are then uh this this jump that looks impossible might actually not be because oh i've got hands yeah 
And the way that, you know, when you're figuring out a jump arc in a platformer, you're just going to naturally stumble across this by trying to make a jump, thinking you're not going to make it, and then just barely making it because of ledging mm-hmm. um, or mantling, which is very cool. Yeah. Um, did you play this with a controller or the keyboard? I I played it with a controller this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, played it with a keyboard initially. Yeah. I yeah. did uh, did the keyboard this time because I could not get a controller to work for the life of me. Um, it is difficult to do. You can get a standard Xbox 360 controller to work with it. You have to uh, set it up initially as control pad one. Mm-hmm. And then you have to turn off and turn on like the Gravis joypad. Mm option and then it will register your 360 as a gravis joypad which otherwise you don't have access to all of the buttons okay yeah. like if you do it regularly you don't you either have to you know you can always jump but you have to choose shooting or pogoing mm-hmm. which you can't do so uh you have to make it you know think of the gravis joypad and it works just fine it's a little fiddly whenever you're doing a directional what should be a directional pad on an analog stick yeah um so it's not perfect but it works works okay yeah feels pretty good this has been a watch out for fireballs pro tip exactly yeah brought to you by the forums and steam so yeah um this is the first place where the key gems start showing up yep and uh you're jumping around on these platforms that look like uh that look like vhs tapes that you have to activate uh to make move up and down automatically with uh with switches that are on the walls yeah, so there's kind of two like key things that block you in these levels, switches and gems. Mm-hmm. And then every once in a while, there's a key card thrown in, but it's indistinguishable from a gem. Right. It's just if you're going into a door in the background. Yeah. Um, and you have to do all of them. Like, there's no puzzle element to this. There's no, like, this switch turns this on, but turns this off, and I have to have the proper time, you know, and proper combination. It is always, uh, you know, catacombs, like Dark Souls. It is always you run into a switch, you flip it, mm-hmm. you know, every single yeah. time. Which I appreciate because the way with one hit kills, like it would be a pain to kind of traverse back and forth these levels, even though enemies don't actually respawn, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of interesting too. You can kind of, if you get stuck in a level, you end up making it kind of this weird ghost town. Kinda, and just kind of, but then you start running into enemies that wake up. I, I didn't, I don't know if I ran into enemies that woke up. Wow. Yeah. I'll, call them, out. I'll call them out when I see them. But after a while, like anything that is, that is bigger than a slug will, uh, mm. will eventually get back up. And I, oh, I never like really Eagle, Eagle Man. Yeah, Eagle, yeah Man Eagle Man or the, like, or the, yeah, Man or the crab, guy. spider crab guy. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe I, I did notice something getting up. I just didn't run into it in the same areas where I kind of got lost and went back and forth. Mm-hmm. And that was also probably when I started doing more saves coming because mm-hmm. uh, I got frustrated yeah. getting killed. Uh, especially those eagle. Like, this game gives you, you know, it's something in platformers. Um, so games that give you enemies that come in at you at a 45-degree angle mm-hmm. uh, above you typically will give you a way to deal with that. So that's that's why there are sub weapons in Castlevania, right? Like you can just whip in front of you, but you need to have an axe to hit things that pop up that way. Yeah. Um, Keen doesn't do that. Right. So like when you start running into flying enemies, like those eagle men that come in at you at forty five degree angle, you're more or less fucked. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't get out in front of them enough to jump up and shoot, that's it for for Keen. Right. Back in the sanitarium for Keen. Yeah. Those. Yeah. <laughs> kid so, jail. Back in kid jail for Keen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, those the, those eagles spooked me. Yeah. Spooked me, oh, spooked, yeah. Spooked me big when I was a kid. And when you just burst open their eggs and they just hatch. It's yep. weird. And they hatched fully formed. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they might not be eggs. I think those are just hyper futuristic napping pods. Yeah. Yeah. Which, <laughs> get on it, Indie Devs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I want an egg chair, but for sleeping. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um this is where the signs start popping up and uh, they're kind of throwing in some so some nods to like just basic cosmetics you have like, these cute little sleepy slugs on the wall I, I kinda, yeah i want to make perler art of those guys and just put them up put them up on my walls 
Yeah, those those things are very cute. Yeah. And something that we're, you know, here's a spoiler. Neither of us like the fifth episode very much. And one of the reasons why is it feels very devoid of all this, like, cute little detail mm-hmm. and personality. Yeah. Like, the fifth one feels very generic to mm-hmm. me. Even just, like, basic level topology or, like, ecosystem, right? Yeah. The fact that we're kind of underground here and we're going, we're moving back and forth between villages. And this gets a little bit homogenous towards the ends with, the you know, with the pyramids and stuff. But uh, at the very least, there, there there is a nod towards this being a fully fleshed out world. Right. And the second one, you're literally just on a ship. Yeah. Trying to get an elevator to work for, like, the entire game. Yep. Um, yeah, so at the end of this, we run into our first Oracle, um, which ends the level automatically. Once you get to him, you get a little bit of dialogue. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're just like, go to sleep, old geezer. You, like, say something very dismissive. <laughs> little Keen being uh, sassy and ageist. He's, yeah, he's super sassy and ageist. Yeah. Uh, um, got- someday we're all going to interview with a little Keen. Like, when we get old and we're trying to get jobs to afford our government-mandated cat food yeah. to I, eat, I, like I, some I, kind of fucking I, Keen I, is going to. I plan to be a, a bachelor Mr. Wilson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Keen. Yeah. yeah, I would break Keen over my knee if I if I met him in real <laughs> like life. Like Bane, <laughs> yeah. you gonna pretend to be Bambi, little piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you think the dog is your ally? Crack! Ow! Stop imagining things. <laughs> things don't always get better. There's not <laughs> always there's not such thing as slugs, you idiot. <laughs> you, did you steal my beer to lure slugs in you little piece yeah. of shit that need that <laughs> yeah. need that not to feel daddy Crack. drinks for the government yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, so you go to the slug village uh <laughs> where it's you know you're you're just mostly walking walking in a, in and out of buildings and stuff uh this introduces the uh the lick which is the little uh blue meanie that uh, uh spits fire at you yeah yeah and not in like a metaphor he's not just like up on his rap game like mm-hmm. it is he literally spits fire at yes. you <laughs> yeah um hillville has like a really uh a really strong uh kind of like topology to it you're you're going up and down a lot and uh mm-hmm. this is this is kind of running into something these are very vertical levels uh, a, a lot of the time and uh, uh especially when you're pushed up on moving platforms uh the thing you need to land on might actually be out of view of the camera so you have to do this uh the the, the scroll up and scroll down kind of like kind of like sonic uh to see where you're gonna land if you're taking these leaps of faith sometimes that paid off sometimes it was really just a uh, uh, um you know, a pain. I would say most of the time it was just a pain. Yeah. Yeah. And then we also, um, in the last level and a little bit in this one, um, talking a little bit about the secrets, um, cause we talked about them kind of from a grand view, but on a micro level, the way they articulate are just intangible sections of walls mm-hmm. for the most part. So like, uh, if you get to an area that looks conspicuously empty, jump around and push against the wall. Cause you'll likely either find a path or at least a little cubby yeah. with some points in it. And it is still satisfying to find those. Like, yeah, I wish that there was more reward to it, but it is, you know, fun in and of itself to kind of search them out. Yeah. And they were introduced kind of the last level and they're going to be a, a thing in just more or less every every yeah. level. Yeah, you're mostly just kind of like putting on a different set of eyes. Yes. You know? Like and you feel uh, you know, the, it's rewarding to see something that they didn't want you to see. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so I only found the Tooth Fairy once, Tooth Fairy Princess Lindsay. Um, and, uh, she's here in Hillville kind of showing you, uh, uh, you know, some pro tips, right. Telling you about the swimming gear, which can be found in Miragia. Uh, did you find her anywhere else or I don't remember I where know I she pops her. up, but I, I didn't look at a definitive list. I, I found her and she told me the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I assume I found her here, but I don't actually remember where I ran into her. Um, the swimming gear in and of itself is a weird thing. Yeah. Um, in this game, we'll talk about that in a, in a little bit. 
Um, but we have to talk about these rocks because uh, those, <laughs> those things are great. This is actually like, because most of the enemy here, like we're, you know, dealing with some real game maker level AI with the shit where like they just kind of walk back and forth. Um, but these guys actually have kind of interesting tactics mm-hmm. um, and well, they they act like booze, yeah. except they're rocks, yep. which I really dig. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're cute. They got tiny little eyes and they're going to sleep or uh, closing their eyes, trying to hide. And uh, their their jump is really abrupt and they jump really high. Yeah. So if you're not kind of managing and you know being sure whether or not you're safe, uh, they can they, they they can really get on top of you. Yeah, yeah. And there's also those inchworms in this level, which I love too. I love inchworms like, in general. Yeah, they're very, well, they're very cute. Like yeah. they're there's just like these little like inchworm creatures yeah. that are not interactable. Mm-hmm. Like they're essentially part of the back- background, but they look like they might be enemies until you realize you can't kill them yeah, and they can't hurt you. Yeah, there's something so. magical about the way an inchworm moves. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if it's because of like basic animation or what, but uh, I know it's just adorable. It's very cute. Yeah, that 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 is a level of insight that I can provide about inchworms. Adorable. <laughs> yes. You heard here, folks. Even though, like, in real life, like, a close-up on an interim is not going to be cute. Oh, yeah. Like, interim is cute from a distance or in it's cartoon like, form, I think. Oh, it's translucent. Gross. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, I can see, you know, cilia. <laughs> I never want to see cilia. Yeah, no. I want to be cilia. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, waka waka. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, since uh, since Lindsay has told you to check out Miragia, why don't we go there? Yeah. Um, so, this is a glass city in the desert. Yeah, that you have to wait for it to appear. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's on a really short cycle, mm-hmm. which is nice. Um, but it's not like uh, fucking the the door in, in Morrowind. <laughs> That's exactly you know? what I was gonna say. Yeah. By the light of the dusk moon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and kind of the gimmick here is uh, some new enemies, but uh, these disappearing platforms. Right. And you're knocking anything as complicated as like a Mega Man classic block thing. Like this is this is significantly more simple than that. Yeah, they're long cycle. Um, and uh, they, they they stay tangible for longer than you think they would. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love the visual gimmick of this level, and you know, on one sense, it would be less special if they repeated it. But mm-hmm. um, I wish there was more stuff that was as unique as this. Yeah. I suppose that they have these glass domes in the desert. Yeah, which is very cool. Yeah. Uh, you have a you have a very frustrate two frustrating new enemies here. Um, mm-hmm. You've got the worm mouth, which looks like a little blob that moves along, but then. Turns into a mouth that will uh, gobble you up is like a like a snake that compresses to a singularity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like God are... Bertha from Mario Three. Oh yeah, little, yeah. Set on land. Yeah. Uh, so in order to deal with these guys, you have to be like pixel and frame perfect with your with your firing um, as they as they come and get you because otherwise they're invulnerable. They're too low. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then the sky pass, which uh, the the uh, in game tutorial like the list of enemies is very vague about. I have to I have to deal with them, but you have to pogo them. Yes. They, 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 look, they look like a cross between uh, uh, spiders, frogs, and garden gloves. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, And, and you, uh, up until this point, we should note that like you can't jump on enemies to hurt them. Right. Like, pogoing doesn't hurt things. It hurts you. So, like, having to pogo an enemy, this feels like it's really break, kind of breaking the rules. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, once you get through Mirage, yeah, you get to the scuba gear, um, which is this one little tiny nod in the entire series to, like, a Metroidvania-style <laughs> progression. Thing. Like, there's nothing else like this, but you need to go to the end of this level to uh, unlock some levels. Yeah. It's just a key. It's a, yeah. it's a key that leaves the stage. Well, it's a key that goes to a stage, however, that like operates in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like it gives you an ability yep. that you wouldn't have. So it's a little, slightly more than a key, but like not much more than a key. Right. Yeah. You don't go there right away, though. I mean, you can, but uh, I didn't. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's Life Water Oasis, uh, which is also up here in kind of the desert. You have these different biomes, I guess, we're going through. There's like the villages down to the south, well, the southeast rather, the desert up in the north, uh, the, the the northwest, and uh, yeah, we're 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 still up there. This is really really big. Like, yeah. The, like this is the first time they introduce like multiple um, keys and doors now. Yes. Which is kind of a bummer. And that's what the, the game's going to do from here on out and for the next game, the next game is going to kind of do. And that's where that enforced linearity comes um, and more of a searching kind of gameplay pattern rather than a like pathing mm-hmm. or just platforming gameplay yeah. pattern. Like your point is not to get to A to B, it is to fully explore the level in order to get the key cards in order to yeah. get out. Yeah. It's more successful in some places than others. There's one level that's going to crop up later that I think is just egregious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, Life Water Oasis, uh, this is also one where you uh, are kind of moving from different, not just different screens, but like different sections of the level Yeah, by, by popping through a door. So uh, this is, uh, that, that's a way for them to kind of give you more bang for your buck. Yes. Um, in terms of in terms of what fits into a node on the map. Uh, this is the uh, uh, first instance of the cloud enemy, which I think is the only time it pops up. Uh, but mm-hmm. this, uh, this attacks you if you get too high in the level and uh, yeah. will, uh, will, will kind of uh, make your life hell. Yeah, and in real life, it symbolizes Commander King being struck by lightning. Yes. So, um, next up to uh, San Diego, <laughs> like uh, their famous zoo and Highway One. Yeah, when I was a kid and I got to this to this land, <laughs> to to, the, to this world, I thought that a Diego was an actual thing. So I think I may have like alluded to that in some kind of like artwork that I did for art class, or like brought it up as like a you know stuff that was a was a mesa. Like I called it a Diego. It sounds like a slur to me. Yes, it does, doesn't it? It sounds like, I'm not going to say it, yeah, but a word for yeah. Italians. Yeah, it sounds like that, or even like it could just be any slur, mm. like a Yego. <laughs> I, man, yeah, I just don't, I, it sounds slurry to me. Yeah. It sounds slurry. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I used to like Radio Lab, but now it's just a sound slurry in the, the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but this is another kind of visually unique uh level you've got this big sand mesa and uh it is the land of the crawling rocks yes um, that are kind of interspersed with these really difficult jumps through like pillars and stuff like they're trying to uh they're trying to make you fall off into more difficult situations yes yeah yeah um you're also interested or uh, introduced you also will be interested in the iraq nut <laughs> netflix um, right netflix iraq nuts it's the comedy version of uh arachnophobia yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> well, i guess that was also kind of a comedy too <laughs> no, no, it's definitely a comedy but the idea of the iraq nuts is very funny like a little tiny spider improv every spider improv troupe is probably called the iraq nuts <laughs> <Damn. laughs> like, every single one of them like uh, no. but yeah these are uh, these are some of the big main enemies that uh, that that get up after you stun them i like the idea that commander keen is going around putting these things to sleep as opposed to outright killing alien fauna yes yeah especially since in real life it's not just him like stomping on bugs mm-hmm. you know like he's he's collecting them in jars and shit yeah he's smoking bees <laughs> yeah smoking uh but the, but these guys will make large sections of the floor uh, kind of dangerous. But they move relatively slowly, and they become yeah. more of a platforming challenge uh, with yeah. a with a uh, chance to get out of jail if you're able to time your shots right. Yeah. Um, next, so we're heading up north mm-hmm. at this point. So this is where uh, in the the frozen area. Mm-hmm. So first to uh, to Crystallis. Yeah. Uh, you know, an average NES game, <laughs> and also a uh, a big ice castle cave. 
Yeah, which this is the one that's egregious to me. Like this is the first one where they bring in four levels. You go up to the green gem. And uh, yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a bummer because, you know, it's a big square. It's a big block of a level. And there's no <laughs> real obvious path, uh, you know, where it's trying to like lure you around. So I spent a lot of time here, uh, you know, because the main challenge is navigation. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Um, and they decided just to copy paste this level more or less on, for the second game that we're covering almost every time. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's more hallways in those, but like, yeah. I, I, I see what you mean. Like it, it is, it takes that, that bit a little bit too far. And you're also introduced to those Birdman enemies that we talked about before. Mm-hmm. And those guys are a pain. Yeah. So, and then the actual exit to the level is just surround. Like there's a couple of the eggs down there. So like, it's very easy to die right at the end of the level and have to do the whole thing again. Mm-hmm. Which is a huge bummer. Yeah. And the way to get up to the upper levels always passes by those eggs. So you're always going to wake them up and make them a hazard for the level. Exactly. Which sucks. Yeah. Um, The the chasm of chills, uh, almost, you know, nothing going on there. Yeah. It's just another ice level. Yep. It is just another ice level kind of combined with uh, with some of those uh, other chasms, like the the underground stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Just a lot of leaps of faith. The Cave of Descendants is great. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. This introduces the uh, the spear traps, like uh, Indiana Jones uh, has to deal with. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, like a little bit of timing that you have to do. Uh, this is uh, there. There are some interesting slash tricky uh, uh, platforming, uh, you know, challenges here. Like a lot of trick jumps you can do to get like big points and get a lot of uh, uh, droplet coins, mm-hmm. um, things like that. Like it's uh it's really great. Um, and what well, what's pretty cool and like what a couple of levels after this do, um, is kind of uh dropping down into a pit is not really an instant death, but it puts you into a very precarious situation. That if you're able to you know time your jumps and get on these uh get on these platforms that kind of automatically drop when you land on them and get out, you have a second chance to hack at the level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's not too many bottomless pits. Like it is more like it actually goes somewhere that is full of spikes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so it is almost assured death, but it is not assured. Yeah. Yeah, which is a good combo. Yeah. Um, this kind of ends with a gigantic um, ascent up a platform covered with these jumping mushrooms. Yeah, I like those jumping mushrooms. Just, they look so, they, they look super dopey. Yeah, they're 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 cute. Yeah, got their to tongue me. sticking and, out. Yeah, and then you run into uh, another oracle here, mm-hmm. and you you look like the last guy you rescued because of <laughs> course it is the same sprite. Yeah, which is cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's head down to the uh, to the Isle of Tar. Let's use that swimming gear. Oh yeah, yeah. Down, down in the Isle of Tar. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's a couple different swimming levels uh, here. You're into the the Berkeloid here, mm-hmm. um, which is this this uh, this fire this invincible kind of fire creature. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a bummer. Like invis- invincible enemies in this game are not my favorite thing. Yeah. Um, here. Uh, and this one has projectiles too, which yeah. that isn't really a thing we've had to we've had to deal with so far. Yeah. Um, the Alatar is also a way for them to put instant death material like really close to the lip of a jump. Um, yes. It also makes sections of the floor, um, you know, deadly to you. So it this is this is kind of the uh, you know an area where the environment is more of a hazard to you um, than it has been in the past. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And and again, like most paths, just kind of drop you to the bottom of the level. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. The Isle of Fire, uh, it's pretty similar except with fire. So now the threats are yes. above are above the the kind of the normal plane of the of the of the floor, um, and uh, more of these Berkeloids are, uh, are are a factor here. This is short, um, yeah. And uh, there's a really cool puzzle here where you're trying to kind of take advantage of the simplistic AI to lure one of these Berkeloids away from a blue gem that you need to get because uh, you're on a on like a lower level than he can get to in order to buy yourself time in order to get that gem. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I wish more of these levels. There are, there are a lot of levels in this game. I wish more of them were these kind of like they broke it up a little bit more with these short levels. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is it is a is really refreshing. Yeah. When the, when those pop up, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And I wonder what the sensibility was at the time that like a gigantic level with a bunch of like, you know, kind of micro challenges was more interesting than, you know, really tightly designed small levels that had those same challenges in them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. Um, so you're, next, uh, you're, you're joining Terrence, Trent, and Darby to, uh, to head to the wishing well. I don't get that um, reference. I'm sorry. It's, it's the Terrence, Trent, Star, Terrence, Trent, Darby song. Oh, okay. Called wishing well. Yeah. Uh, this is the one single swimming level, uh, that yes. controls very poorly. Yeah. Like it is nice that you have a different verb set, but they've done nothing to train you for it. And it's not very strong. Yeah. Um, it is a big underwater maze. You can luckily you can breathe forever mm-hmm. down here. But you're you're uh, you're contesting with the dope fish who was <laughs> just trying to swallow you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Terrifying because he like he moves very slowly when he's not agitated, but when he gets uh, like within gulping distance, he moves very quickly in terms of like yeah. the way they animate the sprite. So uh, it's very deceptive. He'll just and then very quickly yeah. like you know just yeah be done with you. Um, and so I, I got to this thought like, man, like the world is such a big and magical and wonderful place that a, that a swimming level will be hidden in this, in this you know, great Mario game. And then just quickly like smack down like, yo, yeah. by the dope fish. <laughs> mm. Dope fish. Yeah. yeah. You got these sprites as well. I like the design on these, like these little devils. They belong on some kind of aquatic can. can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and when you rescue the oracle, he talks like blah, 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 blah. like he's aquatic uh, ham. Yeah, aquatic yes. ham. Yeah, <laughs> just like some mm. kind of some kind of swordfish, I guess. Like oh, we know what the chicken of the sea is. Yeah. Like what would be the ham of the sea? Seal. Yeah, that, I guess that's probably true. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sealed evil in a can. Ooh. It's evil creamed seal. Ooh. Um. Hmm. Hmm. In dishonored territory there. Yep. Cream seal. A kiss from uh, for, yeah. There we. Yeah. That, that, that joke went nowhere. I'm sorry, folks. Um, it's okay. Yeah. So this uh, th- this is where the game kind of takes a turn for the monotonous because we have four pyramids to uh, to take down. Yes, and they're all pretty similar. Like yeah. this this is the big you know tons of key cards, big huge indoor level without very much imagination and no signals of this being an actual world mm-hmm. you know like no like kind of nods to an ecology which is some of the most fun parts of the levels preceding this yeah you know like the most charm charming parts at least mm-hmm. so you see enemies popping up from before where they otherwise would have made sense in those places uh just kind yeah. of being like okay we're we're very much in a we're designing a challenging video game level as opposed yeah, to dark souls 2 all over again yeah <laughs> like <laughs> you know i wasn't gonna go there like i had a thought in the back of my mind but because you uh because but because you brought this forward it wasn't until i played commander keen that i realized dark souls 2 is horseshit yeah <laughs> the, yeah we've been wasting our all, all over time yeah yeah what, what a stupid uh stupid people we are yeah i know i should to do such a thing yeah I'm, I'm gonna go get a job at a dealership yeah <laughs> yeah let, let's quit everything um how dare we like that um this makes it sound like we're responding to something that is actually more intense than we're responding yeah, to. yeah we're not <laughs> we're just we're just sensitive babies is the real takeaway <laughs> for, for that is that uh you know we're we're real we're real babies we're just walking bundles of nerves <laughs> and uh you, you say something mildly mean and sometimes it hurts yeah. our feelings because we're babies yeah um we're, we're we're sensitive we're creators damn it we, yeah, we should be protected 
stupid, stupid babies. Yeah. Um, so let's <laughs> they talk, need let's, the let's, most attention. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk about the pyramid of the Gnosticene agents. I, uh, ancients. Sorry, I wrote, ancients. A, I wrote agents because I was in a hurry typing these notes up. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I just read the notes. I, I know that they're ancients. I was <laughs> testing you. Yeah, yes. So yeah. take that, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah uh so this introduces you uh to these really goofy looking teleporting big red guys that uh, will steal and that will steal items from you and if you let them run rampant they will uh pick up and run away with the gems yeah yeah which is that's what you don't want yeah you know um we haven't talked too much about like because can they steal ammo from you remind me I forget. I, I can't remember. I, I forget too. Yeah. Um, we haven't really talked about the ammo in this game. Um, for the most part, I feel like the the distribution of it's pretty fair. Yeah, it doesn't become an issue until episode five. Yeah, like here in this game, it's like, oh, like I don't have enough ammo to just be willy-nilly, but I always have enough ammo to take care of the threats that are in front of me. Yeah. If I search for it, and it gives you a little bit of a reason to hurt, search for those hidden things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, later it becomes more of an issue. But here it's actually still pretty good. Yeah. So it's mm. less, you know, it's less uh, less issue than you would think. Uh, like this guy, you pretty much always have a shot ready to uh, take him out. And he runs after you. But, yeah. um, you know, the fact that he can teleport is a little bit of an extra wrinkle because usually yeah. you can keep track of what's where. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this is like a big loop of a level, right? Like everything always drops you back to, you know, roughly where, you know, right before you started that particular like uh, diverticula, right? Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and there's another one of those kind of safety pits at the bottom, mm-hmm. like a tar pit that you can actually you can kind of fall get if you want to. Yeah, and you can leave your friends behind in the pit. Like it's really yes, deep. <laughs> yeah. The, the uh, and at the end of this, you do get a, an oracle. Yeah, as well. And I get the the these levels kind of as like, oh shit, we haven't sprinkled enough oracles. <laughs> like we had to throw in a bunch of oracle levels. Yeah. Well, where end. do oracles live? Uh, in ancient Greece and their women. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And they huff gas and give prophecy. Well, okay. Now here they're dudes. What if we make, yeah. What if we make them men in pyramids? <laughs> like, I get. I guess like there, there's like a college you know comparison thing of like <laughs> Greece is to Egypt as lady is to man. Um, going on here. Uh, maybe. Yeah, no, it's not. It's yeah. just like in in this game, like it. it oh, you know, yeah. Okay. It does. Yeah. Um, so next to the pyramid of the moons. <laughs> so something we haven't said is that as you enter all of these stages, there's like a little bit of a little bit of an intro that plays on the words. It's kind of like the uh, the summary text that I write for the shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's appropriate for what it is. So when you walk into the San Diego, it says, uh, uh, you know, Commander Keen grits his teeth and, you know, enters the San Diego. Uh, here it says, uh, Keen backs into the pyramid of the moons. Yeah. Which is uh, entertaining to me. Yeah, that's cute. Because I write stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. Um, there are dart traps here. Really, really, like, difficult dart traps. They put those in very inconvenient places, like right at the top of platforms. Yes. Yep. And this actually kind of breaks the rules of the game because there is a way to kind of misuse a key mm-hmm. here, which they haven't done that before. Like, we're in a strictly one lock, one key kind of system up until this point. And this one, there's actually a hidden use for the key. Right. Uh, which is to get to the secret level, the secret challenge level, which um, I had to look at a fact to figure out how to do mm-hmm. it because it's hidden really well, and it's hidden behind something that you wouldn't expect to be a part of the game. So you're looking at the uh, you're looking at the um, description of the enemies, and you see the inchworm described like, oh, they're mostly harmless, uh, but if you get enough of them around, there will be a foot. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like something's a foot. And I remember reading that as a kid, thinking I kind of know what that word is, but I don't really know. 
thing is you have to lure 12 of them on the lowest level of this and you know like you you misuse the key to get down to this treasure filled area you get 12 of them to follow you all the way to the left of the level and then hyper literally a big foot appears and you jump on it and it carries you across the world map it is fucking crazy. Yeah, that's really weird. I didn't do that this time. I remember seeing it or my cousin doing it when I was younger because mm-hmm. um, it is so well hidden, but I did not do that this time. Yeah. Um, and it's the Forbidden super, super... Pyramid is like, it is ROM hack hard. Yes. It is, yeah. it is ridiculous. Did you watch like a video of it? Like you've seen it yeah. before. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it, it's it's hard in that way that, you know, it's not it's not requiring you to do like feats of acrobatics in order to like surmount these things. But it is, you know, you're making pixel by pixel or platform by platform kind of progress as you go along and saving. I mean, if you're me, you're saving every step of the way because your next move very well could be your last, you know, through yeah. these through these dart timing, uh, you know, situations through these uh, through these rooms full of the sky pests, you know, the ones you have to pogo on with really low ceilings uh, through really tricky moving platform sections through like over over tar pits, but below shovels that you have to get on the right phase to get underneath of them, like full on mazes. Like it's it's pretty ridiculous, but what's crazy about it is I felt like it was satisfying. Like everything was drawing me forward. Um, yeah. So that was good as compared to the you know some of the harder stuff in number five, and especially the the <laughs> the challenge level in number five. Um, this this feels right. It feels like at least they were quizzing me on material that I could review. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's one hundred percent optional mm-hmm. and really well hidden. So like, if you're really just exploring everything. You know, and and trying, you know, pushing on every every possible button, you're going to find it, and it, it's made for the person who's going to do that, right? You know, um, you do find an oracle here, uh, but he's just the janitor, <laughs> yep. which is very funny. Um, yep, anticlimax. Uh, but yeah. the, but the actual final level, it's a it, it is a similar final exam, but it's the pyramid of shadows, which uh, nothing was notable in this enough for me to make a note of it. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is literally just like a big everything we've seen so far, but more so. Mm-hmm level um and then uh, then you beat the, this game yep no final boss epilogue. no nothing yep 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 uh the epilogue where you are you know you've got all the uh, the oracles together and they go to this gigantic monolith and flip a gigantic switch there's something funny where they say like oh we must perform the secret right and they just turn it on <laughs> yeah and uh and they reveal that the the shikati are building an armageddon machine to destroy the galaxy and it ends with a like a final shot of Keen's parents uh, getting rained on in the backyard because they are still frozen. Yes, and they're they're the real victims here. <laughs> Keen is a monster. <laughs> yep, and then we're on to uh, the Armageddon machine. Um, which we're going to be pretty quick with. Again, there's not that much to talk about good <laughs> about it. Like, there's not too much sugar to talk about this. No. Um, like, so you've infil- you know, you've infiltrated the ship. The, uh, is it the, um, the Megatron? The, the, uh, the, uh, the, the Armageddon machine. <laughs> it's called, it, the, the name of the ship is something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Omega Knot or something like that. And you're just kind of going through shippy levels. Yeah, like, it is. It is roughly fourteen shippy levels. It's the Omega Matic, is what it's called. Yeah, the Omega Matic. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like a big, uh, like a big virus kind of looking thing, and uh, every level kind of looks and feels the same. 
Uh, it is strewn about. Okay, so, so if all the previous levels were keen, kind of running through like outdoor areas with you know playgrounds and you know going in and out of people's houses, this is like if you accidentally accidentally wandered into a warehouse or a hospital. Yeah, and decided <laughs> to have a whole adventure there rather than like you know deciding it was boring. Yeah, go back outside. <laughs> yeah, like everything is even. Uh, you know, everything, even the names are really generic. Like some of them are kind of clever. But they don't describe what they are. Like, there's no sense of ecology here. Right. Like, I think that's kind of supposed to be part of the joke is that, like, some of the names are jokey and then part of it is just supposed to be this just generic tech-sounding mm-hmm. ship name, you know, ship place names. Yeah. But there's no reason for a ship, like, for the the, the part of the, the, the ship that's, like, the control center to be just a big maze full of monsters and switches. <laughs> like, it makes no sense. And, like... And it's not like I'm looking for verisimilitude in my Commander Keen games. Mm-hmm. It just... You don't get any of that, like, level overall kind of level design feel mm-hmm. that you get yeah and it's it's pretty unsatisfying you know in, in a way that like i feel kind of bad saying oh they just designed it to be a game right like oh they were just trying to give you interesting challenges to do but the problem is they 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 didn't consider that the stuff you do might not be the most interesting thing about it or that the stuff you do is interesting in you know in, in isolation from any kind of theme you right know, or any kind the, the, of like story and writing and all those things contextualize play like gives you a reason to do what you're doing and does have an impact yeah. you know like it, it is important mm-hmm. um the uh you know see see the sketch for the last episode yeah <laughs> that we did like you know um like that stuff is important and and disregarding is what it feels like they did here and it's a real big bummer mm-hmm. like it's just so visually uninteresting like it's colorful while still not being like the fact that the colors are just like lighted panels. It's uniformly colorful, which is a weird combination of words to say. Yeah, but the the ending effect means there's nothing that stands out. And then the things that are actually colored um, do not are not of interest in any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that holds so, yeah, true so- like throughout to the point where if there's a stage that has an overriding color or one that's different than just the regular light blue that you see, like I call it out. The, I, I call it out in the notes. Yeah. Yeah. So let's hit these real quick. Yeah. Um, just the uh, just the the real highlights because this made me mad and there's not that much to talk about. <laughs> right. So there are some enemies that do different things, right? Like in the first yes. in the first uh, level, you've got the ion ventilation system, and uh, you realize, oh, everything is is fire poles here as well. Except you have enemies that will take advantage of that and you know kind of crawl up and down them and make things more difficult for you to you know to navigate. It adds another wrinkle to the timing. Yep. Um. You know, you get to the security center. Um, there are more more key cards. Um, there are the uh, the slice stars, which, which are these little snowflake monsters. They're just like again, super game maker mm-hmm. AI. Like just move in random patterns. Yeah. Um, or like move in like a particular rather not random, the opposite of random. Um, <laughs> back and forth in like a really predictable pattern. So like mm-hmm. it's literally just a guy patrolling one space that doesn't react to you at all. And then after you clear that part, you've got uh, you're kind of opened up for the uh, for the elevator section where you have this uh, kind of like hub and spoke model where uh, yes. you have you have you have four spokes and kind of like two stages on each of them. Yeah, and you have to you can kind of complete these in any order, which mm-hmm. is cool. Like I, I appreciate that, um, but none of them are that fun. Yeah, so you've got defense tunnels followed by some kind of key system of the ship. Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So Defense Tunnel of a Look uh, kind of introduces you to Robo Red, which is like the nemesis of this uh, yeah. this game, which I, I like in principle. I like the idea of a big enemy that kind of, you know, chases you around to a certain extent. But the thing about Nemesis that's cool is if you are determined enough, you can beat him. 
Well, and you can you can kind of yeah exactly you can you can actually affect him mm-hmm. where you can't affect this thing. I hate the visual design on this thing too. Oh yeah, it's... where like I like most of the enemy designs, but the enemy designs are uniformly bad in the fifth game. I feel like mm-hmm. other than the actual uh, shikatis, mm-hmm. like the the clear things are cool looking, um, but this thing it just looks like a big red dumb face. Like it doesn't look robotic at all. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's curvilinear in a way that it's really gross. I think it's like a big tumor and it's got a got a gun just kind of sticking out of its chest. Yeah. Yeah, it's very lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just walks back and forth and just shoots if it sees you. And it shoots in this really unpredictable like spray pattern. Mm-hmm. So if you're lucky, it can still miss you if you're just kind of barely, you know, getting out of its range in time. But if you're unlucky, it'll hit you too. And it makes it feel arbitrary. Yeah. And for the most part, the trick of this game is to put these at the bottom of rooms with poles that you can jump from pole to pole above them mm-hmm. um, to get past them. But then when they start introducing hazards to those poles on top of this, it just becomes fucking infuriating yeah it becomes enter god mode so you can see the rest of this game exactly yeah 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 so that's uh that that, that's a that's a bit of a concern uh you also have these spindred guys who jump up and down the red crystals again not really interesting get to you get to get uh uh, energy flow systems which uh, i think everything is red or green or something i don't know (laughs) yeah it's, it's slightly more colorful but the things are actually not that you know colorful and you get more of these switches um that kind of change you know change things the level and at the end you have to actually you have crystals that you have to pogo through yeah, like these like test these tubes yeah they're fuses, fuses. yeah they're yeah like a um yeah uh tube kind of things the nice thing about that that machine is it's also making coffee yep it's kind of cute there's a pot of coffee on the side yep which is like one little cute detail but like mm-hmm. there just aren't very many of them yeah the the, the only we'll, we'll we'll talk about the other cute detail but it's a it's a bit grim yeah <laughs> <laughs> when we get later it's a it's it's a little upsetting on a geopolitical st- uh, <laughs> sense uh defense tunnel burr nothing much to say regulation uh control center is your first introduction to the actual shikati those mm-hmm. uh the clear guys who will grab onto the to the poles and electrify them uh while you're on them which uh makes these uh things that were formerly safe except for the little pinky guys uh you know uh platform you know timing puzzles Yes. Um, I think these things are, have a cool look, look to them. And later they introduce that they have dogs that are just dogs but clear. I think that's pretty cute. <laughs> yep. Um, I enjoy that. Yep. This also has the Shikati Mines, which are these big uh, – I like the looks of them. They look like proto-Apple um, yeah. things, like uh, r- rounded rectangles that have eyes that follow you around. And uh, when they get close enough to you, they explode. Yeah, and that's going to be that's gonna be important later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, Defense Tunnel Sora – um, you're introduced to a new new enemy, which are these just, it looks like a piece of electricity with two googly eyes. Yeah, v- Volti stuck on Face. It. Yeah, which are called Volti Faces. Yeah, yep. Which, like, come on. Nick Volti. Um, but there's, there's yeah, <laughs> almost nothing to that as well. <laughs> yep. Uh, neutrino Burst Injector is where you get introduced to the Shocksoons. Yeah, which is a funny name. Yeah, yes, that, it is. That, that's way better than Volti Face. <laughs> Yep. Like who's they have two people on naming duty? <laughs> well, shit, like one guy who's doing puns and the other person who's just like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't like the Shocksons, Actually, um, I think that they're frustrating to deal with. Yeah, I don't. I don't like dealing with them. I just think they're cute. Oh yeah, like yeah, mm-hmm. I, like at most of this level, like this this game, this game, I don't think is very fun to deal with. No, there's a couple like moments of fun to be had, but mm-hmm. it's pretty rare. The neutrino burst injector is just really big, and you have to deal with these like long. Uh, it's it's more vertical than the other levels tend to be, and uh, it's like these long slanted runs they have to deal with. So you're kind of making ever wider circles around, or I guess diamonds rather, yeah, uh, throughout this level. Yeah, yeah. Um, you get to uh, defense tunnel Teln, mm-hmm. um, which is the uh, 
they start putting key items behind the red robos, like the giant yeah. nemesis creatures, and that sucks. This is where I had to turn on god mode, actually, because yeah. uh, because it's requiring you to either get them to an edge of a platform so they'll glitch out, or uh, to actually try and find a way to time a jump over them. Like, did you figure out how to get over them? Um, yeah, I, I managed to do it just with with the the pogo stick, mm-hmm. um, but I would often get shot on the other end, and just through trial and error, like just save scummed like fucking mad until eventually like you know they started shooting right as i was jumping over them mm-hmm. and so it took long enough for them to finish their clip or whatever yeah for me to get to the other side it just like was it felt like uh i locked out yeah like it was a total coincidence that i made it yeah so yeah. i was not doing any i was not manipulating his ai yeah. i was just counting on his ai to do a certain random thing to make it viable yeah, that like that. This level is unacceptable. I think like this was a big, a big enough wall that I turned to cheating. Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep. Which I try and say when I do it, just so I can complete the game, so we can talk about them. Yeah, we don't, we don't, uh, I, you know, we don't do that very often. No. In uh, for the show, like I like you can count on like one hand the total number of times I've even considered it or done it for like a section. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really happen, but this is a game that I ended up doing. Uh, out of exhaustion in the next level or the, I think it actually in the next level, mm-hmm. um, in the, uh, the Brownian motion inducer, <laughs> which, um, that, that's a way to get people to poop, right? Brownian motion. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's DVD screensaver motion. Okay. Like if something bounces at the, like at the edges of thing, I don't know if that's actually true, but, um, that's what I thought it was. I'll put it in the show notes and we'll all learn. Um, <laughs> yeah. but it is a Brownian motion is actually a thing. Hmm. I was, I was I was sure about it, but I w- I prefer to live in a world with that where that's a poop pun. Yeah, it is a a Balian movement. Yes, <laughs> uh, this is one where you have these uh, really uninspired moving platforms that follow circular paths around the level. Yeah, um, and it is also that disturbing Easter egg where you find John Romero's name written uh, in pipes uh, down to the mm-hmm. lower right side of the level, but also swastikas. <laughs> yep, good job, John Romero. Yep, he's made us his bitch. <laughs> Once again, the um, yeah. Real quick before we talk more about the swastikas, which we will. Um, the the thing about the riding the platforms, like this is in the exact same engine as the last one. Mm-hmm. And one of the little changes is when you're on a platform now, you do a cool surf motion. Oh yeah, like you're you right. like you crouch down and look cool. Um, it's like one of the very few changes they made in how this actually plays yeah. or looks rather. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I don't know why John Romero decided to put swastikas in this children's game. Um, other than just like being the kind of kid who like listen to Pantera and draw swastikas on his yeah. fucking trapper keeper, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so this is inside baseball from my, from my day job. Uh, like three years ago, uh, the guy who is now like, re- he's a guy who's really high up in the company. Uh, but he used to do, uh, like production work. Uh, he, he did a three week rush video for, for, for Mashable for like this tech conference or like a, like a justice conference or something like that. Uh, but inadvertently because of like some kind of weird design flaw that he didn't catch, there were swastikas swastikas all over it oh geez (laughs) (laughs) like like either either all over it or there was like one main one like right in the center because it was a little bit of a maze visual and to this Mm. day we still give them shit for it that's very funny there's a shirt i found once at a uh jc penny that had tons of little swastikas all over it and like from a distance it just looked like a texture and you're close i'm like oh these are tiny swastikas that's weird well actually it's a buddhist symbol that Oh yeah, <laughs> it actually means look. Um, like, so that means it's okay. Why can't Southern people have pride? Um, <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah, 
Don't uh, don't put swastikas on things. No, it's don't funny. put Confederate flags on things. Yeah, <laughs> like it makes you look like a dick. Yeah, don't 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 ascribe to any kind of iconology that uh, means one kind of person is less than another kind of person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just general life hacks. Yeah, yeah, life Voila. hack. <laughs> yeah, life hack. Don't wear a Confederate flag shirt. You monster. You know? Yeah, you fucking idiot. Um. Yeah, so th- this is not fun, get, like, jumping on these platforms, these moving platforms. Like, you're jumping, even when you're not in a pogo stick, is not perfect. <laughs> like, it's pretty good, yeah. but it's not as precise as you maybe you want it to be right. for some of this stuff. Um, next, you go to the Gravitational Dancing Hub. Uh, damping Hub. Again, that, oh. is, that, that is probably some <laughs> kind of auto. That is probably it, some kind of autocorrect. I'm very sorry. I like the idea of a gravitational dancing hub. <laughs> At this point in the game, even, I was not paying attention to stages that much. Uh-huh. Like, I was really you know cranky um so you know that's why i did not remember yeah but gravitational dancing hub is where they're dancing on the ceiling yeah yeah it's it's the the fred astaire (laughs) gene kelly um (laughs) hub (laughs) yeah so this is this is kind of in the last drag of the uh, uh, you know so so you're on the, the 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 final floor um, this is kind of where they're making the timing more difficult on some of the platforms, but that's really like not even that big of a deal. Yeah. 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 How do you get to the challenge level? I just walked over a thing, but I know that there is a weird, uh, the, the, there, there's a weird set of circumstances you have to, uh, you have to satisfy in order to happen, uh, to make that happen. Mm. It's like a little hatch that you walk over. I, I, I really don't know. And in making these notes, I couldn't find out how to do it. So either you walk okay. over that or you don't. Okay. But um, uh, I did not do the, do it's the challenge way, level. It's way too hard. Look at a video of it. Like I, yeah. I did the first little bit and I was like, nope. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Uh, the final level is the quantum explosion dynamo. Yeah, where they're literally just like, let's just pour everything into a level. Like mm-hmm. more enemy mean, enemies mean more hard. <laughs> like it doesn't feel designed at all. No. Like it just feels like every pit just had a bunch of like dogs and the, you know, red robots, red robos dumped into it. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like a mess. It's very sloppily designed. Yeah. Like, there's a little bit of a nod to ecology. Like, you get the sense that this entire ship is powered by a room full of electro dogs. Yeah. 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 Um, and you're also but they, introduced... But, they, but why would you... Like, but then there's also key cards on the other side. So it's like mm-hmm. a sense of ecology while undercutting the ecology yes. in the same, you know, same detail. Yeah. A width of ecology, not even a sense yeah, of ecology. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. Um, and you're also kind of dealing with these Shikati masters, which are kind of teleporting around. Uh, they, they're, they're more mobile than just the guys who wander around and, you know, zap the, the, zap the poles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And the ending of this, um, which is like, I'm a kind of a two minds of it. Um, you get to the end and there is the, uh, the dynamo and you can open up this whole thing where there are some Shikati mines there and you have to lure one over and kind of trick it mm-hmm. into, into hitting the middle and blowing up there, which is kind of cool Yeah, because you're manipulating. These things have a very predictable AI that is reactive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not every enemy of the game reacts to you. This one does. Um, but if you somehow fuck that up, mm-hmm. Um, you know, then that's it. Like if you run out of mines, that's it. If you get blown up, you have to do the whole level again. Right. Um, which is that's that's no point no. Right. It's a it's unacceptable. Like yeah. I've said that a lot for this portion of the episode, but like there's a lot of very bad decisions in this. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. you know, so so like in a vacuum of that poor consideration, um, you, you know, <laughs> like ignoring that, I like that they have you doing something different at the end that it's not just the usual grab a thing and then you're good. 
Yeah. You know, like I don't think a I don't think that a final boss fight would work for this with these characters no. in this motion in this engine. So like a little puzzle using an enemy feels right. I just wish that they implemented it better. It, it would have been like I would have wanted to be able to be hurt. Like I would have not wanted to have counter deaths. And then they should respawn if you somehow use all of them. Yes. Like I had that thought when I was doing this where like, oh, a Nintendo game would have had these like a, a spawner mm-hmm. for these. And whenever you needed to use an enemy, there'd be like something that like made unlimited versions of them. And that would be your signal that it's a tool, not just an enemy. Right. And that doesn't happen here. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, you know, it, it's it's kind of cool, kind of a bummer. But in either case, you blow up the dynamo. And uh, and that's the that's the game. Yeah, that is the game. Uh, there's a sequel hook. It turns out that uh, Commander Keen's nemesis Mortimer, who has one IQ point more than you, uh, leaves mm-hmm. a note in the standard gal- galactic language, um, uh, you know, enticing you further. And that was supposed to turn into the next uh, entry in the in the trilogy, the you mm-hmm. know the, the the universe's toast. Uh, but uh, you know the Chicago are uh, the Chicago are no longer a threat. Yes. Yeah, and then you give your parents some ice cream and wake them up. Yep. Because that's how that works. Yep. It's like they were attached by Dementors. <laughs> My bad. Yep. <laughs> um, and that and that's Commander Keen, mm-hmm. you know, Goodbye Galaxy, Commander Keen episodes of four and five, yep. which like it is, it, it was trivial to add the fifth one mm-hmm. to the game, but I think that this would have been a very different episode and much more positive if we didn't. Right. You know, like it, it, it makes sense to do that entire storyline. These games are so short, like you can play them, you know, in an afternoon. Uh, but the the quality contrast is so stark mm-hmm. with these that like, again, like I, I mentioned it, you know, maybe the this supports what I was kind of surprising earlier is that like the team was just losing interest. Mm-hmm. You know, like it is more poorly designed. John Romero's putting fucking swastikas in this. Like he's ready to draw demons <laughs> and, and, you know, draw heavy metal van side, you know paintings like that's what he wants at this point and because of that they're just making everything too brutally hard and you know kind of thoughtlessly designed yeah so Uh, i need to look here when was doom being developed well let me me look here uh 19 let me see here it was 1993 uh when when that came out so they were kind of leading up to that Wolfenstein 3D. However, this is this is Cole reading Wikipedia. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, Wolfenstein 3D. That was 1992. So they were like, maybe the swastika was an Easter egg. <laughs> like, yeah, it was like, see you in Doom. See you in uh, Wolfenstein 3D. I guess maybe that's true. Uh-huh. Like the same way you run into Dopefish uh-huh. in Duke 3D, like you run into uh, Wolfenstein imagery. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's very charitable, but I almost buy it. <laughs> yeah. So like, Wolfen- Wolfenstein came out like less than a year after this one did. So, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. So, kind of uh, final thoughts um, on Commander Keen. I'm glad we did it. I think it's good for us to do, you know, we just did a, a Call of Duty. Like, it's good for us to do weirdo things outside of our wheelhouses. Yeah. I like that. Um, this is fun, and I have a lot of fond memories of it, but I also don't know if I needed to go back to it. Like, I think those memories were probably fine under glass and uh, will remain so. Like, I will never really, I'll never replay the first three Commander Keens, even though I played those just as much when I was young as I did these episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah. I'm happy that I went back to it so I could kind of reevaluate my first encounter with PC games. Like this feels like a foundational text, at least in the story of Cole, as it relates to uh, to video games. So, you know, being held high on my personal ecology means that uh, I'm happy to have had an opportunity to come back and look at it critically. Um, I'm very happy that even as a kid, I never, you know, my, my parents never acquiesced and got me Keen 5, even though it mm-hmm. was definitely an option that was available to me at the time. Um, because, uh, you know, that, that definitely, if I would have found it earlier, would have, would have sullied the good memories that I had of, you know, of, of four. Like, I think that four is, is, is genuinely worthwhile. Um, yeah, I think four, given that it's so, so short, like four is probably, is definitely worth playing from a historical perspective, worth playing from a, a play perspective as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, but five is completely forgettable and it's really good that they didn't continue in that vein if that's all they were going to do. If that's all the inspiration they had. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't play the first three either. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of fired them up and dicked around with them a little bit um, before I do this to remind me of the differences. Like they're fine. If you're buying but, them, it's hard to get just one. Like they're yeah, almost always just, released in packs. Buy them all, but it's worth, they're so cheap that it's worth buying them all just to play four. Right. I think. Yeah. Um, play- and you can, I think they're all in the DOS archive too. Yes. If you are. literally just want to dip your toes. So. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, play them to, you know, until until you're done, like, you know, to, to, to slake your curiosity if you like or are curious about what platformers looked like in this uh, in, the, in this era. But uh, yeah, but like I wouldn't call them like essential to somebody who is just kind of coming up today. No, no. It's like if I were writing a book on platformers, there'd be a chapter on Keen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if if I'm going to play games, it's not the first thing I want to point to. So glad I did it. Glad we did it for the show mm-hmm. not necessarily eager to go back and fun was had it wasn't a death march even in commander keen 5 which was very frustrating like you know it's still like there is still like some fun to be had collecting assets and hearing a dinging noise yeah and you know it's still like it's not the worst thing in the world it's just not very good mm-hmm. yeah so uh yeah that's what uh, that's commander keen yeah uh goodbye galaxy what are we doing next time cole well next time we're doing something i'm very excited to talk about which is uh final fantasy fables chocobo's dungeon uh, which is a yeah. Wii game. Uh, it is a it is a Wii RPG, uh, which are very rare, um, and it is a very soft roguelike. Yeah, it is a soft roguelike where it does the thing that I keep wanting to find a word for, where like a series transitions to another and serves as a libretto for it. Mm-hmm. So like this is a good intro. If you love Final Fantasy, this is a good intro to the roguelike genre mm-hmm. because you know what a Fiagra is. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it's super charming yeah. and uh, and and very fun. Uh, can I ask you just on the air where how far are you in it? Um, like not super far, um, into the fire dungeon temple yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. So the first, but not, yeah. yeah, but not, I haven't completed it yet. Mm-hmm. So unlock some classes, you know, d- unlock the stuff of the town, yeah. But I got, uh, got distracted <laughs> by comrade <laughs> games, actually, like game, games on games on games. <laughs> um, so and it's gonna wait until after Bloodborne for me, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Yeah, um, if you're so. if you're interested in like kind of you know, playing along with that, you can play it on your Wii U. Like it is, uh, it, it is backward compatible there. If you have a Wii, which you know, if you don't, just go to your parents. They probably have one moldering in the closet. Oh, yeah, um, go to a Goodwill. Like yeah. I, I keep seeing them for like twenty dollars, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh man, like. So sad. I spent a lot of money for this thing, and it's a good system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and it, like th- this game is like thirty dollars on Amazon, and it's worth every penny. I think. Yeah, it's yeah, it is one of the. It's a standout Wii title. Yeah, I for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we're doing the winner of our survival horror poll, uh, which is Amnesia, The Dark Descent, not mm-hmm. a machine for pigs. 
Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to playing this again. It's the, well, one of the scariest games I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Um, I now record and play my video games in a dank, un, a semi-finished basement <laughs> by myself. So I'm looking forward to just scaring the shit out of myself <laughs> and only having to be able to play in like super short burst or yeah. in broad daylight. Yeah. I love this game. I love the story. I love the atmosphere. Like everything about this is really good. So this is uh, going to be a delight to talk about as well. I'm going to be, I mean, I can't remember if you have yet. Have you played Machine for Pigs yet? No, I haven't. Like I, I've, I've been scared off by people's, by, by people's uh, kind of impressions of it, but this is my excuse to play both of them in a go. I would love for you to play that so we can, because this, a lot of the things that Amnesia, the first one does well, mm-hmm. stand in specific contrast to the second one. So yeah. like seeing, you know, playing through the second one and seeing where that fails makes the things in the first one seem better mm-hmm. and vice versa. Right. Um, they, they work, they bounce off each other in a, yeah. in an interesting way from like a critical perspective. Yeah. So this is so, an opportunity and, and to machine play both for takes us so short. Yeah. Like it, it's shorter than amnesia. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I'm going to do both. And, you know, we'll like when we're talking about the series as a whole or just kind of a, you know, something in the episode, I want to address that, you know, just yeah. because, uh, it is, it is a series I like having only played one and read like highlights of what happens in the second. So, yeah. Um, and let's not talk about the hundred episode thing yet. Ooh. We should tease that a little bit more. Yeah. Cause it's cool. Yeah, it is. It, like, um, if you think about it for even a second, it makes sense that we would do it. Yeah. You'll, you've guessed it already. <laughs> um, it's not like we have Shigeru Miyamoto on the show to talk about, <laughs> you know, the time he went wild and Kabasan Lucas, like it, it's not, it's not that kind of cool, but it just, uh, I would, let's have some dramatic flair and yeah. announce that a different way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see if I can get I would get uh, Allison to make a trailer for it or something like she did with uh, Sweet It In 2. Sweet It In, yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. If you have things to say about either of those two games, uh, hit us up at duckfee.tv forward slash contact. Yes, or you can uh, hit us up on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash watch out for fireballs. Again, we continue to have an active community of people talking about stuff there. And we're really uh, grateful for everybody who has clicked like for us so far. Yeah, Um, and uh, people have been kind of coming out in full force is in support mm-hmm. uh, of us financially. So our yes. Patreon is doing really well right now. If you go to uh, patreon.com forward slash duck feed TV, mm-hmm. we really appreciate that. And we also have a real special shout out that we want to do. Yes. One, Mr. John Hurst, um, who yeah. donated uh, specifically for uh, something we mentioned on a bonfire side chat here recently. Uh, somebody wrote in to ask about uh, zombie U and uh, uh, why we haven't spoken about it in, uh, uh, you know, in relation to dark souls, because they're really similar experiences, at least structurally. And we're like, Oh, we don't have Wii U's. So John stepped up and gave us enough money for both of us to buy. Wii U's. yes, which and is we, gigantic. We, yeah, it is. It is monumentally generous. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about it at length in the most recent bonfire side chat. Um, so we don't want to spend necessarily as much kind of airtime just for people who listen to both shows. Mm-hmm. So they had to listen to us like genuflect <laughs> uh, for, for solid 20 you know, straight minutes instead of just, uh, you know, five mm-hmm. here. But, um, you know, it, it is really, 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 uh, I'm kind of taken aback by that. And the support that you guys have shown, the network and the show, mm-hmm. the show is, is really, really humbling and great. Yeah. And uh, this specifically is just uh, a really, really nice, mm-hmm. you know, just really, really nice thing to do that, like, you know, very, very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and hopefully, and you brought this up and it was something I was insecure about and I'm glad you did last episode. Hopefully when we say like, man, I don't have a Vita, that's not us saying like, Hey, buy us a Vita, <laughs> yeah. you know, to, to people. This is, this is something that I'm really surprised for surprised by mm-hmm. and, uh, humbled by not something I expect. Yeah. And, uh, is really touching. 
yeah, we don't we don't do this, and we don't make plans around this kind of generosity falling into our laps. You know, like the the, the things that we plan for and the things that we kind of like work towards are you know the the continued support and listener listenership and growing of the of the, you know the base and kind of the 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 day to day kind of like Patreon generosity that people just have kind of staggered us with before. You know, yes. like, like, like that, that, that's the kind of thing that we, you know, that we kind of keep in the back of the mind. So we are not so mercenary as to think we want X is a way to make stuff appear. That is that that is something that somebody decided to do that has like become one of the highlights of my year so far. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it is. It is the, the, the single largest contribution we've received It's very, very kind. Yes. And uh, and I'm really looking forward to, to playing it like it is great, you yeah. know, and it just it makes me feel, you know, uh, I talked about this very briefly in the, the Bonfire Staff thing, but there is like a, a, a satisfaction, self-satisfaction treadmill mm-hmm. that comes uh, from doing consistent creative work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I talked about how us being big babies about <laughs> stuff and I, I you know, I was being a little bit flipped. I do, you know, we are both really sensitive to stuff. And part of that is because when you do something time and time again, you know, you do something and someone's like, oh, this is great. And you're like, thank you. And then, <laughs> you know, the next day you're like, is it though? <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Maybe the, maybe I'm wasting my time. You know, I'm, I'm 34 fucking years old. There are people who have like families now and, and mm-hmm. houses and stuff like I am wasting my life. And then something comes along again. And you're like, oh, no, actually, this thing that you're doing is like, you know, it is very, very hard to be confident in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Um, so these kind of like expressions like this, you know, kind of keep us going. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is portraying us in not a positive light because it makes us sound like sad little ego monsters. And I think that if you're feeling uncharitable, like you can call us that. But a nicer way to say is just sensitive you know, <laughs> well, sensitive creative types. Yeah, we're, we're 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 humans, and acknowledgement is something that is on the you know the hierarchy of needs in some form or fashion. Like yes, so I, I will never yeah. I will never say I'm not a I, I am not a human who you know kind of benefits and you know uh, uh, feeds is the wrong way to say it, but derives satisfaction from acknowledgement from other humans. So like yeah, you know we we, we make stuff, and people who make stuff tend to like to have that acknowledged. Yeah, and, every once in a while, like an attaboy, it's yeah. really appreciated. And and this is not to say that like, you know, the way to give us an attaboy is to buy us a Wii U. Mm-hmm. Like we, even if you're just hearing this, like yeah. you are dear, near and dear to my heart. Like and uh, yeah. So like so even just something as simple as somebody coming out and saying, "Man, that last sketch was really cool." Like, or like my my favorite, I love when people are just like, "Man, I have to commute like six hours a day, and it sucks." Mm-hmm. And you know, it's yeah. nice. That I always have this look forward to like that. Yeah. I've worked so many shitty jobs. Like mm-hmm. being able to alleviate that is is really you know. Yeah like a nice thing to do. Yeah. So this isn't an exhortation to say like, man, step up and be like this guy. This is us kind of taking a moment to, you know, while we are in a grateful state of mind, step out and say the stuff that you guys do just on every single day, just by interacting with us and writing in and participating in the shows and giving us your time and your attention. Like all of that has made a very positive impact on my life. You know, I won't speak for Gary and, you know, you know, like I won't hyperbolize. It's ruined me. Yes, it is. It has laid you low. It is. I am in ruins. I was doing fine until somebody said hi to me on Twitter, and now I live in an alley. Yeah, but but you know, like I said it in Bonfire's chat, but I'll say it here. Like it is, you know, life, you know, life changing. Like I I can't imagine, you know, my life without making these things. You know, first and foremost, and the reaction, you know, as a as a strong corollary of that. So yeah, you know, like. Every everything you guys are doing is great, and you know I just want to take this moment to you know say thank you for doing the stuff that you do. Yeah, well, we definitely we definitely. 
do this stuff because we want to do it. Mm -hmm. But anyone who says that they entirely create something like this just for themselves, I think, is lying a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have to make something for an audience, even if it is just like an audience of one. Like you have somebody in mind when you make something. Yep. Um, I think that's a in the intro to Slapstick. Like it's a Kurt Vonnegut thing where he talks about whenever he didn't wasn't writing commercially, he was writing for his sister. Mm -hmm. You know, like he was like, what would this person think about this? I bet you this person would like this. And like, we kind of define ourselves by by other people, like especially in, in forms of, of humor. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's, it's you can say something that makes yourself laugh, but then you can also like, you know what will be funny in general based on, you know, what you've seen, what other people do. I don't know, I'm just kind of rambling at this point, but <laughs> it is a uh, it is a thing. And because we want to give back and as be as generous as John, um, each and every person listening to this, we're buying a Wii U. No, God, Gary, no, <laughs> no, we cannot afford that. I assure you. <laughs> I am ruined. Um, yeah, like, let's live in an alley. We're going we're gonna to do a podcast through two cans with a string. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can just tie a bunch of strings to the middle to other cans. And if you, if you subscribe, you just get a can and a string. In the you mail. get a can line. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Um, we're not gonna buy you wheels, but no. thank you again, John. Yes. And uh, thanks everybody for listening and being so great. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think that's about it. Mm -hmm. Oh, if you are, uh, if you are a, uh, a bonfire side chat fan, I believe you still have a little bit of time to, uh, to uh, pick up the, uh, the 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 new shirt that is running there, yeah. When this comes out, you're going to have a couple of days through to uh, through through to April fifth to buy either the traps snakes or the turtles pillars on Teespring. That is at DuckFeed.tv/shirts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, choose your your platform. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's about it. So what uh, what should they watch out for until next uh, time, Cole? They should watch out for authority figures who will try and take you out of your imaginative imaginative fantasy land. Mm-hmm. Umbasa. go uh what my whistle real quick yeah um yeah so i can speak here be yeah that works <laughs> Man, I heard that bell chief without the headphones on. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I was just walking back into the room. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>